Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. I was nine years of age and uh, I was going to a Catholic school. Talked a bit about Catholics this weekend. Learned that you got a bunch of them, man. You'll have the Pope coming after you. <laughs> the Lord be with you and I was a, a young Catholic kid and uh, the local younger of the two priests, there was, there was normally a, a parish priest who had one, one foot in the grave and one on a banana skin sometimes, they were pretty old. And you had a guy that was sort of reasonably younger, still reasonably old from a nine-year-old's point of view. And I remember him coming and talking to the young lads one day and, and exhorting them to maybe think about a vocation, to be a priest or a brother. And we're out in the playground afterwards and my friends and I were, were gigging about it. We're like, yeah, can you imagine that? Being, you'd have to wear a dress and like a long robe. Was, uh, we interpret that as a dress. And, and I, was, I was laughing as loud as anyone. But honestly, in the midst of that, in my heart of hearts, here's the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Probably the first time I ever heard, not, ten, not, physic, not the audible voice, but in my heart was, hang on. Ha, 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 hang on. If God is real, I can't think of anything I would want to do more than serve Him with my whole heart. And uh, a little while later, I realized that being a Catholic priest or brother uh, meant that you couldn't have a girlfriend or get married. You weren't supposed to anyway. And uh, so I quickly ditched the call and made some friends just for a few years. (laughs) Honest truth. And uh, the day after I came to Christ, about 22 years of age, the Holy Spirit again said, hey, I haven't forgotten. You can have a family as you've desired to and serve me with all of your heart. It took a few years to get around to it, and, uh, but God's very kind. And I think about a particular afternoon, evening, I'd been to a prayer meeting and Pastor Brian Houston dropped me off and he turned the car off, which was unusual. Normally, quick, see you later. See you tomorrow at the gym or whatever. We used to work out together. In fact, we used to work out so stupidly younger. We couldn't drive home. Like our arms. Get your arms. Not joking. Like, like it, was, it was dangerous, you know. So, um, so he, he, he turned the car off and he said, uh, he said, Michael, I just want you to know that if we keep growing, and I must say, we never grew. Hillsong has never grown at the percentage that you guys have grown over the last 12 or 18 months. Just saying. It's true. Never grown anywhere near that. Just been consistent year on year. And so there's no doubt there's been a visitation of God. Um, this may be all you've experienced. You go, well, this is what it's like. I promise you, this is not what it's like everywhere. But there is a special thing. And God is no, no accidental God in putting you where he's put you right now. And he said, I want you to know that you're the sort of, I was in business at the time. And uh, that's why I've got a heart for often for business people that also serve God, either staying in their vocation. And many people are, uh, are you know, at, at a stage in their life, leaving their, 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 their job and answering the call of God to real, really serve in the context of the local church. So that's not better or worse, it's just a phenomenon that's happening all around the world. As churches are growing quickly, 
God is using people who've got experience in the marketplace to come and help to build infrastructure and so forth. He simply said to me, he said, you're the kind of person that I would love to consider being on the team if things keep going. So I'm not dangling the carrot. Just, I just want to be clear. I know you're making some decisions right now. I was about study and certain other things. I was working in the pharmaceutical industry in the marketing department. And I wanted to be really cool. It's my pastor. I wanted to shake his head, look him in the eye and say, Brian, let me pray about that. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it like that. That would have been a bit cheeky. But instead, I had water coming out of every hole in my body, almost. I burst into te- like huge, ugly, snotty tears that didn't seem to stop. Like, talk about an awkward moment, senior. Like, I'm like, ah! I got the suit on. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to be cool, and I'm everything but curls. Like, you know, it's like, wiped on his arm, you know. Never forget that moment. And many times, many times since. Remember a man of God uh, by the name of Tim Hall, actually. But Valerie and I had a fight before we went out. I went out to a meeting, and so she stayed home out of spite. And I was glad she didn't come. And we were, you know, it was, it was after that six months. So it wasn't the last fight we ever had. <laughs> Stop looking at me so holy if you're married. <laughs> yeah, like I'm fooled by that. And uh, and he he laid hands on me. I went flying for a six and I rolled up and down it seemed like for an hour and he just had these words Michael the nations are at your feet and uh, I must admit I was really excited about going and telling my wife about what God had done in my life as she wasn't there you know it was really nasty <coughs> we've made up since just last week and uh, <coughs> what were those times that you've had an encounter with God that deeply touched your heart. It may have resulted in tears. It may not. But even as I'm saying this right now, you're mindful. If we had more time, I'd get you to talk to each other and say, hey, tell them about it. But can I just invite you not to forget it quickly? To bring it back to remembrance. See, there's something about remembering remembering the God encounters you never forget them I remember the very first time that I went to I'd only been there a month at Shire as lead pastor my first lead pastor and frankly only one after I was executive pastor for Pastor Brian Houston and we had an annual general meeting I'd never had one of those before we didn't have a Hillsong and I had a guy that was particularly kind of bound up in religion and he literally marched down the center aisle and toe-to-toe with me at the front of this meeting. I says, you, and I, I, I just got there, right? I, had no, he was, I was just the, the focus of his anger. I went back and literally cried, not good tears. I was like, God, this is not good. I don't know what to do. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you were born for such a time as this. I held on to that word. So I want you to remember those really powerful encounters that God has engaged you in. Can I just say, I mean, it may be that some of you go, oh, I can't really think. Are you, are you, have you got an encounter in mind that you think about? Just If you have, just raise your hand. A time when you know God has touched your life or spoken to you. They're good to re- re- remind yourself of. What about this? 
There have been several times, sometimes my own stupidity, some of you heard the story uh, just before I became uh, a believer, uh, before I received Jesus. I was blind drunk one night, stacked a car, tipped it over. I was going at some awful speed. Thank God no one else was hurt. I should have been killed. Walked away with a little scratch on my back. Another time up in Indonesia, it was blinding monsoonal rain. My friend was driving. We spun out on a corner where there was no lights or anything like that. And I think the brakes were a bit shoddy on the car we were driving. And we're spinning out of control. And, and we came to a, 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 a screeching halt. Bang! We hit the only little concrete pole within hundreds of yards either way. And the river was a swollen river that had stopped us from going in. Would have been killed for sure. What about those times you had a near-death experience? Where uh, an inch either way, or a split second, you'd be ta-ta. We walk through life with our noses pressed up against a very thin membrane called forever. One tear in that, and for everyone we know, we're catapulted to be with or without Jesus for eternity. You say, why are you, why are you saying all of that? So I think there's something about reminding ourselves of just the faithfulness of God to date. What about, what about I, I talked before about one year turnarounds. What about those of you that have had massive turnarounds? You were addicted or in bondage to substance or relationships or behaviours that right now you have been set free. Anyone like that? There's, there's situations that you can celebrate that God has set you free. That's good to remind yourself of. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, and I briefly shared this on the weekend. I'll unpack it with a, a little bit of a different twist for the next hour and a half. It says that God enabled the Israelites to defeat the, the Philistines and and, and Samuel, the prophet Samuel, took a stone and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, I, again, I didn't get the full kind of punch on that on Sunday, but 20 years before, that was the place, Ebenezer, near Mizpah, of their greatest ever defeat. Isn't it like God to turn your darkest day into the brightest day for many others? Isn't it, isn't it just like God? This was the place, Ebenezer, near Mizpah, where, where, where the, the young woman had the baby and called it Ichabod. The glory of God has departed because the Philistines literally stole the ark of God. The high priest or the priest at the time, he was killed. And his two sons died that same day. It wasn't a good day for him and their family. The same place that Israel had its greatest, arguably greatest defeat, Samuel puts up a, a rock, a stone, calls Ebenezer and said, on this place of your greatest defeat, remind yourselves of God's unfailing faithfulness. Ebenezer. See, the same God that brought you to where you are right now, that had that encounter with you, that delivered you from a, a cigarette paper from death. 
or has been behind you in the grace to see radical turnarounds and breakthrough and deliverance to freedom. That same God is your Ebenezer Stone. The same God that has led you as a church and you as a leader in the context of Church Alive from 300 plus, a little bit, to 1,000 on a weekend in a very short space of time. That same God is going to continue to do what He wants to do in, in, and through you. They, they lamented. That was full of regrets. I don't know whether you, you've ever seen that photo of that tattoo. No regrets. R-A-G-R-E-T-S. Right across here. But he did when he looked up the dictionary. We as a family, my wife particularly, uh, is, honey, it's a season of no regrets. That's this year. We're calling it a, no regrets. And, uh, but but they, they were full of regret. They, the Bible says they, they, they lamented. They, they, in a sense, whipped themselves. And, and I know that maybe that darkest day for you, you've been full of regret, sometimes full of shame. The rehearsal that's gone in your mind would, would do Broadway proud of some of your failings, your mistakes, your sinful behaviour your bad associations. But on the same place of your greatest defeat and your greatest place of lamentation or regret, God says, Ebenezer, Ebenezer. If it gets nothing, nothing falls to the ground place of your greatest defeat your greatest regrets is a stone carved with your name Ebenezer and we have a great Ebenezer of course of Calvary it's the place the cornerstone that changed everything so I got one verse And I just want to unpack it just for a few more minutes with four or five thoughts. You see, here's, here's the reality. Here's the truth. God has blessed Church Alive and is blessing. It's a breaking through season. He is blessing Church Alive. I'm going to presume, because you're here and it's a leaders meeting, God has planted you in this house. Now God's pretty smart. He easily puts those two things together. Could have put you anywhere. But He didn't. He put you here. Not five years ago, now. Not ten years from now, now. And honestly, you've got all different backgrounds. Some of you have been honest about, hey, financial, we're struggling and feel like the enemy's there. We're a bit of a ragtag bunch, just like we were back in the day. Serious. I mean, you're very good looking, ragtag bunch, but I'm just saying. 
just like the motley crew that he pulled together as disciples. We didn't know what we're doing. I mean, no. You can always write a book about it in hindsight. Yeah, well, we did this. We didn't have a clue. <laughs> Pastor Brian was the only one. I'm talking about the early days of Hillsong. He was the only one that had been to college, to Bible college of any sort. And I don't think he was listening a word. <laughs> it's not being recorded, is it? <laughs> Love you, Pastor Brian. There was a musician, a worship leader. And he, I think his brain was still a bit fried from the drugs that he'd been on. The executive pastor, the first one, he'd, he'd fried his brain at different times. And I was drunk most of the time, not as a pastor, but before that. <laughs> not every day, anyway. So that was our executive team. But we loved Jesus with a passion. Yeah. And line upon line, as he built faith in our hearts, Based upon him coming through on the little things, we were able to believe him wildly for the big things. When Pastor Brian was writing, some of you might have heard of it, The Church I See. He's had to update that because God's done everything on that first document. It's now called The Church I Now See. Well, he was in his office. I was in my office with a spreadsheet. And I was working out, and I think we were about several hundred people. But I, I, we'd talk to you, I reckon we could be 20,000. So I started doing the spreadsheet of what it would look like over the next several years to grow to 20,000. Including the number of pastors, the number of people would be there, the number of small groups, the number of servers, the number of... Ser- well, he's way outstripped that. Oh, me of little faith. God's not an accidental God. And so, so my challenge and encouragement to you If God is not accidentally placing you, regardless of what your part, which is why I think he gave me those words at the front end, you've got to think yourself as royalty. You've got to allow him to answer the the, the provision of your life. You've got to walk tall in the victory that he's already won for you. Otherwise, what happens is, like I did for many years, you burn so much energy just keeping your head above water. I am a believer. I do love Jesus. I'm going to heaven. And and so all your energy that could be used to channel into raising up leaders, we've already heard about that, is actually spent on just keeping your head above water, dog paddling. I'm a great leader, as long as I don't drown. must look really weird (laughs) you've experienced genuine multiplication my question to you is what does that mean for you why wouldn't he be looking for you to double or nothing in the next 12 months like to actually believe beyond what's normal normal is God just give me a bit of a raise and maybe keep my rent at the same amount and, and keep the kids off drugs that's the goat all I have is yours, said the father to the older brother. And, 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 and God's currency is not your need, it's faith. Your faith, believing that you are who he says you are, that you can access those things. What about, what would it look like if you doubled down on your devotional? 
rather than Quick, quick snack and away we go. What would it, what would it look like to set the alarm 45 minutes earlier? Yeah, so you got time to grab a coffee and say, Jesus, you're amazing. What are, what are we going to do today, God? Man, open the Word. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. Hey, I've been thinking about this. Hey, hey let's, let's, cast, let's cast a big vision out on the horizon. Would that be okay? Yeah, of course. I'm a royalty. That's right. What would that look like? Rather than just, you know, like a bit of a bun on the way out. John so loved the world. God so loved the world. John so loved, God so loved the world. And he goes, Amen. I read my Bible. Fill your heart up. Get into His presence. What would it look like to double down on your devotion? Think about double strengthening your marriage. Single shot, no, I'll have a double. What would it look like for your marriage to be doubly strong and your family doubly strong? i tell you one thing. I've been praying with my wife pretty much every day for the last probably eight months. And I'm ashamed to admit we didn't really do a whole bunch. I mean, we prayed together every now and then and prayed for the kids and prayed over meals. But I'm talking about praying together. taking our marriage to another level. What would it look like? How about doubling your income? Could God do that? You may not want to do that. You may not even want that. But I'm just saying, rather than thinking at a lower level, could you see the doubling of the people you actually bring to church alive to receive Christ? Right now, I'm pretty confident there's such a, 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 a spirit of salvation over the house. And I'm sure it's got something to do with the prayer and fasting that's been going on. I tell you, I have never felt. I always see a bunch of people, by the grace of God, make decisions. Yeah, we had nearly 150 people make decisions over the weekend. Now, now, now the, the reason I say that, bring your friend. There's a huge chance they're going to get saved. And a couple of weeks later, they're going to be standing next to you with tears rolling down their face. How's that? How would that be for a double down? But you may be the only linchpin between them and that, and that experience. How would double authority and confidence in God outwork itself for you? If He's doubled the church, He wants to double things in your life. Let me give you a couple of thoughts. I think it's a season for engaging. Psalm 84, verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage as they pass through, as they pass through the valley of Baca they make it a spring the rain also covers it with pools they go from strength to strength each one appearing appears before God in Zion number 1 engage a consecration that is well focused blessed is the man whose strength is in you kind of touched on that with your devotional life blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Engage a consecration that is well-focused. True breakout, as I said yesterday, occurs in the spiritual dimension. Number two, adopt a change flow that's unshakable. Extra service, beautifully said, Pastor Anthony. It's like, oh, we do, we, do we, we think that. I would say a good number of you thought, oh, what does that mean? But thank God for the excitement. 
thank God. Let's keep our focus. We cannot. The alternative, what's the alternative? Doubling, hunkering down, putting a lid on what God is doing. Look him in the face and say, that's okay. No, no, we must keep providing space. It's terribly selfish otherwise. So thank God for you as you trust your pastors and trust God with this next season. And, and stand up, rise up as a, as a leader uh, in, a, in another dimension. Whose heart is set on pilgrimage. A change flow. It's not change. It's like change. Of course we're going to change. We've always changed. Change is, God is a God of change. Change is the only constant in life. Number three. It says they pass through the Valley of Baca. Valley of Baca is the Valley of Weeping. You don't want to go, you want to go weeping alone. You want to have community. And I think one of the things that's happened right now, let me just throw a number at you. Do you know there's something like maybe 800 people that are brand new to Church Alive? We've got Transform Group Sunday. You have, sorry, I'm becoming a member of the church. You've got Transform Group Sunday. And we believe for four or 500 people to be signed up there. But that's still only about 50, less than 50% of the adults. So there's 500 people that are without community. So whatever you can do. So when we talk about doubling your transform group, raising up two leaders and assistant and an assistant. It's not just rhetoric. It's absolutely essential. And so you've got, to, you've got to position your heart to understand change is the most normal thing. Don't mean, it means you hold, hold lightly to position and tightly to mission. So God, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Number four, build capacity that embraces the future. It says they go from strength to strength. Build capacity. They go from strength to strength. And finally, each one appears before God in Zion. One of the things I love about God is just the beautiful sense of the flow, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, the very nature of God is one God in three persons. And here's, here's one of the biggest challenges in a season like this. I want you to really hear this and, and because you have a responsibility. You right now are enjoying an incredible season of unity. There is such a flow and a sense of go, and but don't think the enemy hasn't got an assignment arrayed out against Church Alive. Don't think that, in fact, Acts chapter 20, Paul is giving instructions to the Ephesians church, to the elders, sorry, to the elders of the church. And he says, be careful of those that come in from outside speaking perverse things to draw people away. And also he says, watch out for those that rise up within you, among you, to draw people after themselves. If anyone is actually, if it's about them, any gossip, any murmuring, the Bible is absolutely caustic about that stuff because it's a cancer to the body of Christ. I'm not speaking about anything that is imminent. I'm talking about what is obvious. The enemy has a plan. And as leaders, as you bind together and understand what it is to always speak life, 
to always bring a spirit of honour. Always be edifying, not just your pastors, but each other. Honour happens 360 degrees. Honour is the way we speak about people that we've got the privilege of ministry. Honour is the way we speak about each other that are shoulder. Honour is the way we speak about our leaders. Protect that. We come before God. God's interested in how we've maintained a spirit of unity. So a couple of quick thoughts as I finish. I think your capacity, God's doubling things. He's got a really exciting doubled up capacity for you over this next season that you can grab a hold of intentionally. So I want you to think about, okay, God, what areas do I need to grow? The answer is yes, Lord. What's the question? Secondly, we need to really do everything we can to help those people that are flooding in, that are flooding in every week, hundreds of them, every month new to the church. I'm not saying necessarily you're going to be 2,000 next year, but you could be. You're going to keep, you're going to, there are going to be hundreds more people. Already there are hundreds that are not in community. Can, can I ask you to get desperate in the spirit, first of all, and say, oh God, would you help us? And have a whatever it takes spirit in order to connect precious people. And then finally, handle conflict well. Protect the unity. Understand God is into a unified body. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for a doubling up across the dimension of our lives. I thank you for these precious leaders. Lord, I speak doubling over their marriage strength. I speak doubling over the influence of their family. I speak doubling in their workplaces and marketplace. Lord, I speak doubling over the anointing on their lives for ministry. God, I speak doubling the revelation they get when they sit in your presence. I speak doubling the refreshing and the joy that comes from the presence of God. Father, we we thank you. We, We cherish the unity that we enjoy. Pray you give us wisdom and strength to maintain that at all costs. We give you the praise and the glory for that and all that you're doing in this wonderful church of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give Michael a hand? Was that good?